The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. Are you kidding me? You're listening to Winning Cures Everything. Game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Here's your host. A confident young man. A superb athlete. Gary Seegers. Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything. It is Thursday, August 11th. And that's right. It is a big show today. We've got, obviously, new intro video, new intro music, whatever. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff going on. So hopefully, you guys uh, will let me know what you think in the comments. Of course, on YouTube and over at Twitter, at GaryWCE. And, my friends, uh, big show today. We have Bob Thompson, the former president of Fox Sports, on the show with us. And we had a fascinating 40-something minute interview. Just awesome. Awesome stuff. Awesome information. He really went uh, about waist deep with me on quite a few topics involving realignment, the Big Ten Network deal, Notre Dame, uh, the AAC, excuse me, the ACC and ESPN, etc. Lots of stuff there. Uh, Before we get started, I want to go ahead and wish a happy birthday, a happy 17th birthday to my daughter, Dylan. She is... I believe this week is her first week of her senior year of high school. So big things ahead in the future. This time next year, I will be moving her into whatever college campus dorm or whatever it is that she ends up doing. Uh, But she'll be going off to college about this time next year. So I got one more year with my daughter, and then she will leave uh, to go and do whatever it is that she wants to do. So, So we'll figure it out as we get there. I'm sure she's already got plenty of plans in her head, but... Regardless, I'm going to hit on some news topics here, and then we will jump into the interview with Bob, but we'll start off uh, right here. So, injuries in fall camp already becoming a thing. Obviously, the first one that we'll hit on, Wake Forest quarterback Sam Hartman. Uh, He is out indefinitely. It is a non-football medical issue. Apparently, he has already had surgery. He is going through rehab as we speak. They don't have a timetable. They have not actually released what exactly is going on, but that is a massive, massive issue. Uh, Griffiths, I believe, is the new quarterback's name, and he's actually the last person that threw a quarterback or threw a touchdown pass for Wake Forest. I think it was back at the beginning of the 2020 season. So, a lot to look at there uh, with Wake Forest. How effective is that offense without that signal caller? That's a Big, big deal for Wake Forest. That uh, that win total of 8.5 is long gone. 
Most places I've seen now are around seven, seven and a half, maybe. Uh, so you gotta you gotta look into it, see exactly what's happening there. Florida wide receiver Ricky Pearsall, um, or Pearsall, which however it's pronounced, he is out with a foot injury, uh, out indefinitely. We don't know exactly how long that's going to be, but it seemed fairly significant. Injured it the first day of practice and injured it again a couple days later. Uh, that's kind of a kind of an issue because he was expected to be a huge contributing factor for that receiving core for Anthony Richardson and the Gators. So we'll see exactly what happens there. Alabama wide receiver JoJo Earl expected to be a pretty significant part of that offense. Uh, he was part of that bunch with Treshawn Holden, Ja'Cory Brooks, etc. A lot of guys there that were already at Alabama that were expected to be big factors in their sophomore years. Uh, JoJo Earl is out for six to eight weeks now with a Jones fracture in his foot. So we'll see exactly how long that ends up keeping him out. And then finally, a couple more that I wanted to hit on. North Carolina wide receiver Antoine, and I wrote it down, and I can't read my own writing. Antoine Green, good gracious. Expected to be a starter this year. He has a collarbone injury, so he will be out. Injured himself in a scrimmage. And then Purdue, second string tight end, he is out for the year with a knee injury. So, depth getting a little thin. A couple of spots at Purdue. For sure. we got to pay attention to what is happening there with the injuries and whatnot. But uh, I would imagine we will see more of these in fall camp as we go forward. This is why it is always smarter to make your game week bets for the opening week of the season after fall camp. Simple enough. you got to figure out all of the information before you make a bet. Bottom line. All right. Next on the docket. Former Washington State head coach Nick Rolovich has filed a wrongful termination suit against Washington State for $25 million. Now, if you don't remember exactly what happened here, he was relieved of his duties when the state of Washington forced all state employees to be vaccinated against COVID. He refused, and they would not give him any kind of an exemption and they ended up firing him. That is how Jake Dickert has become the new head coach of the Cougars. I am very curious what is going to end up happening here. Uh, There are still COVID uh, vaccination requirements, mandates, whatever you want to call it, going on at certain places in this country. We could debate whether or not they should have been. If you want to, I'm going to let you all handle that. You can do it in the comments if you want. I'm not going to stop you, but I'm going to choose to stay away from this. Uh... I want to see what happens here. This is incredibly interesting to me. $25 million is a lot of money, uh, but I think that they're going to be required to pay this salary. I mean, we'll see. You never know, but that's that's just my guess on it. Uh, but I'm curious to hear the details that actually come out of this thing. Uh, and finally, do want to hit on this. Pretty big nugget of information that has not exactly been uh, hyped up a lot. At SEC Media Days... Kirby Smart talked about the fact that he wanted to move the Georgia-Florida game back to campuses because it would be easier for recruiting. As it stood, the game in Jacksonville was a neutral site, and you could not bring recruits to a neutral site game. Obviously, even if you could bring recruits to a neutral site game, it's incredibly difficult for the coaches to be able to spend time with those recruits, etc., but you want the recruits to be able to see your biggest game of the year, and for Georgia and Florida both, that's it. That is the big game. Well, now, it appears, this season, 
Georgia will be allowed to invite recruits to the game in Jacksonville. Now, they have the option of whether or not they will do that. Florida also will have the option in 2023, but I I have to wonder if maybe this is a new mindset from Billy Napier, the new Florida head coach, if maybe they're just going to allow this going forward if the game is going to stay in Jacksonville. I, I think it's smart. I don't know why a recruit would not be allowed to go to a neutral site game. That's just kind of ridiculous to me. But regardless, uh, this seems like a good idea on both sides of the equation. I would certainly roll that direction. So, yeah, I, I think this is smart. And, and certainly good for Georgia, certainly good for Florida as well. I don't know who it hurts in this spot. I really don't. Really don't. All right, let's go ahead and hit an ad, and we'll hit with Bob on the backside. Let's check out some things you should know about. Visit winningcureseverything.com to find everything you need to know about us, including full shows in video or podcast form, gambling picks, merch, the gear we use, and more. If you want more content from me, Gary, visit betustv.com. I host the How to Gamble on Sports show and, from August through January, the BetUS College Football Show. You can subscribe to both on YouTube. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or whatever's your favorite podcast app. And if your app allows it, leave a five-star written review. Visit the Winning Cures Everything web store to get all kinds of football shirts, hats, hoodies, mugs, and more. Visit winningcureseverything.com slash store to see what all we've added. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. American Giant makes the durable, comfortable spring closet staples you need for work, the gym, and even happy hour. Made in America. Designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20. And now, back to the show. All right, on the show today, we've got Bob Thompson, retired president of Fox Sports Network's and Fox Sports International, Principal Thompson Sports Group, LLC. Now, I have thoroughly enjoyed you being active on Twitter. Now, Bob, you've got a long resume of accomplishments, and yet you have found time for my little one-man operation, and I certainly appreciate that. How are you this morning? Uh, uh, I'm very well. Happy to be here, Gary. (laughs) Wonderful. Now, we'll start off with, I guess it'll be a softball, but I'll let you make the difference on that. What is the biggest difference in the sports media rights space today compared to when you were at Fox? Like, have you been shocked by the direction that things have gone? Um, not really. I, you know, certainly the dollars shock you because you always think that uh, nothing's going to go up forever. And so far, it seems as though the sports rights fees have gone up forever. Um, there was a, I, We thought there'd be a bubble at some point, right? Exactly. I think everybody thought there was a bubble. And, um, you know, I think in 2009 and 10, you saw some things take a little pause. Um but a lot of the reasons it's you've seen a big jump this time around is some of these deals are pretty stale. You know, the, the 2010, 2011 deals that ran 12 and 13 years is what the Pac-12 and the Big 12 are looking at right now coming off of. So there's been some, you know, some rather significant changes in the business since then. And 
live sports rights are one of the most valuable things at this point to, to ensure that people tune in and watch. Now, that's the biggest thing, right, is that you've made a switch over to streaming for a lot of people. So a lot of people are cutting the cord. Cable subscribership is down significantly. So really, it, sports are one of the only things that is appointment viewing. Is that right? Absolutely. And I think sports is one of the only things currently holding the so-called bundle together on cable TV or satellite where, you know, if you're a sports fan, you, you've really got to have that. It's pretty hard to get around it. Um, so I think the linear networks, uh, broadcast networks and cable networks realize that. And so for them, the bundle's not dead yet, but they're all kind of hedging their bets uh, by having a streaming component of some sort so that they can reach the other people who are just basically cut the cord entirely and streaming only. Now, luckily, I get to chat with you a couple of days after all the Big Ten media rights news came out. Now, reportedly, the Big Ten's going to have a noon game on Fox, 3.30 Eastern time game on CBS, and then a primetime game on NBC uh, with some Tier 3 game streaming on Peacock, some exclusivity there, whatever it is. Uh, the biggest thing that we know currently is that ESPN will not be broadcasting Big Ten games for the first time in, uh, what, like four decades? Uh, now, that's on its surface. It, it sounds like a huge deal. However, is it that important these days for a conference to be involved with ESPN in the current media climate? Uh, basically, is the Big Ten risking relevancy, or are they just too big for that? I think they're too big for that. Um, you know, if you look at the Big Ten deal, at least what's been announced, and you know, until it actually comes out as official from the conference, I still like to hedge the bets a little bit. But you know, it on the outset, it's the anti-streaming package. I mean, you've got three broadcast networks that virtually everyone gets or can get if you have a TV. And so that's, there's nothing on cable, nothing on streaming per se yet. I think that the three windows on the over the air networks, you know, it, it, it sets up just like the NFL. Um, and then you'll have some FS1 games. There'll probably be some peak, a peacock element. Um, the ESPN part is interesting. I think, uh, I guess at some point ESPN decided, you know, it just wasn't worth it. They'll go ahead and, and ride with the SEC games and the Big 12 and the Pac-12. The package they were offered uh, by the conference might not have been something they were able to accommodate because of existing window requirements with the SEC. So, you know, and I, I would say this, never say never on ESPN as it relates to Big Ten basketball. That's the question I keep asking people is where's the basketball going? Because Fox hasn't really, you know, gotten big on the broadcast network with basketball. They've got some Big East and uh, have had some Pac-12 and some Big 12 but not a lot, and most of it's run on FS1. CBS might have a package of Big Ten as they had a long history with Big Ten basketball. NBC has virtually no basketball right now, period. So I find it hard to believe they're going to be in. So maybe there's a package that uh, you know is carved out uh, basketball only for ESPN. Now, that would definitely make sense. Uh, now, I do want to get into Pac-12 and ACC and Big 12 and all that as we move along down the line. I do want to stay over on the Big Ten for just a little bit. John sure. Orand over at Sports Business Journal, he reported that Mark Silverman and other Fox executives really took the lead on negotiating these deals with other networks for the Big Ten. Now, how unprecedented is this, or is it kind of common practice for networks, especially those with a vested interest here, to work together in a situation like this? I have never heard of it before. Um, it was very, very intriguing and very interesting. I, what I was trying to figure out is just what role Larry, Larry Jones and, and Mark Silverman, who I actually hired to run the Big Ten Network back in 2007, 
um, just exactly how involved they were. You know, at one end, they could have been involved to the extent Fox already had the tier one deal locked up months ago. And so the for the second and third packages, they might have been involved just so that they could see how it ultimately affected the Big Ten network rights, which is also owned by Fox. So they, you know, you had the the number one package and then they have the Big Ten network package. And I'm sure they were trying to make sure that nothing happened in between there that was going to affect either of those two packages. Basically, so they don't lose games and and such for that, right? It it is interesting. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I I find it so uh, just mind-blowing looking at one, them being able to be in the room with these other networks. But two, because they do own such a large percentage of the Big Ten network, this is effectively, the we've talked about the NFL model and whatnot on our show before, where everything that these other networks is doing is basically just providing uh, advertisement for a Fox property in the Big Ten network, right? That's a good portion of it. I mean, I think there'll be... One thing, when you have a, a variety of partners and you see it in baseball and you see it in the NFL, they'll cross-promote to each other's networks. So I'm sure in that 12 o'clock noon game, there's going to be some requirement for Fox to promote into the CBS game and the NBC game, and but same with NBC, NBC and, and CBS, as well as Big Ten Network. So you'll see a lot more cooperation from that standpoint. I think it, it certainly was unusual for the guys at CBS and ESPN and NBC to be in there with Fox, but you also have to remember, you know, guys at that level work together all the time. I mean, it wasn't that too long ago, Fox sold a bunch of U.S. Open rights back to NBC, and Fox and ESPN have been partners on the Big 12 and the Pac-12 for years. Uh, over in Asia, I was, oversaw a network that uh, was the largest sports network in Asia, and we were 50-50 partners with ESPN. So I... You know, a lot of people try and make it out as this big giant war arms race between Fox and ESPN. It's just not there. And I, you know, I listened to John's podcast the other day and I I listened to two things I thought were very interesting. One is he said, there's not a war between Fox and ESPN. The, you know, Burke and Mark Silverman and Larry, they go back years. And secondly, that Fox wanted ESPN to have a package, but the Big Ten wasn't real interested in it because they, feel that there is an SEC bias to the Big Ten networks, or excuse me, to the ESPN's uh, reporting. That's That was actually my next question on this is, you know, we thought it was Fox versus ESPN, at least the, I'm not going to say the majority of people. I was one of those people that bought into Fox and ESPN were not happy with each other over right. college football rights. Uh, right. But it sounds a lot more like it is the Big Ten versus the SEC. Like, uh, what exactly do you take from from that, the fact that Fox was maybe wanting ESPN to have part of that package, and instead the Big Ten wanted nothing to do with the SEC. Yeah, it's very surprising, and, and I think you may be spot on that it may be conference versus conference um, as opposed to network versus network. I, I, you know, and a lot of people don't believe me, but I don't buy into this whole idea that Fox and ESPN are pulling all the strings here with these commissioners that they and they're somehow puppets and we you know we just jiggle some strings and and they do what we want i've never seen that and i worked with collegiate conferences you know for 25 years uh, across the country and some of them you know you you ever said that to jim delaney he would have laughed at you (laughs) he's like no bob's not pulling my strings i can guarantee you that so you know, it's it's a, a healthy relationship. I think both Fox and ESPN and CBS, all everybody and the conferences, it's in their vested interest to have strong college football conferences across the country. 
there should be, and I don't believe there's a desire within the Big Ten and the SEC to squash all these other conferences and, you know, make football relevant only in certain parts of the country. I think having, you know, both coasts covered with the ACC and the Pac-12 and having the Southwest covered with the Big 12, Mountain West Conference, AAC, comes. it's it's all extremely important. Otherwise, I think a championship uh, tournament, such as they're probably going to have coming up here after 2006, becomes largely irrelevant to a lot of the country if those if if the institutions in that those sections of the country don't have some sort of clear and reasonable path to actually get into the playoffs. It, it's basically a rising tide lifts all boats, right? It's absolutely it, you absolutely. need everybody involved in order for it to be as big as humanly possible. Let's absolutely. uh let's move this over to streaming for just a little bit now. Apparently, okay. NBC's Peacock streaming network is going to have some exclusive games as part of the Big Ten package. How big of a deal is this for a streaming network like Peacock, whose model really requires subscriptions as opposed to just linear viewers? I think it's an important thing for Peacock. <clears throat> you know, it doesn't surprise me. Peacock or NBC hasn't done a rights deal for the last couple of years that didn't include some element for Peacock. And if it hadn't included an element for Peacock, I don't think NBC would have been in on the deal. They'd have just stuck with Notre Dame. I think um, you know there'll be some some one-off games, maybe maybe some some basketball. Who knows? I uh, think the bigger issue or bigger surprise would be co- eventually if it comes out and there's another streamer as a part of a deal, say some package carved out between, you know, picks four and five or something like that every week for football or Amazon Prime or Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus. That would be even more of a surprise to me than the Peacock, uh, Peacock element. You just assume that if NBC is involved, there's a Peacock element. Yeah, it, you mentioning Apple and Amazon, et cetera. Like we just got the news from Disney yesterday that they lost one point one billion dollars in streaming. Uh, what what was the next step for streaming? How invested do you think Amazon, Apple, et cetera, are going to be in broadcasting live sports rights in the future? I think that they're going to continue down that path, if only as a hedge. I certainly a hedge against you know potential loss on their broadcast or cable networks. Amazon Prime is a totally different business model because it's all dependent on Prime memberships. So it's not, you know, they they don't really care as much about viewership as they care about people, you know, paying that 120 bucks a year to, <laughs> to for their Prime subscription. Customers, right? There's yeah, exactly. There have been is, multiple people that have brought up the idea that Amazon could get into the sports gambling rights space, where you've got a game on the television on Amazon Prime. Right. And the ability to not only buy the team's gear right there on the screen, but also to be able to bet on the game as you're watching it. I mean, things like that are, I mean, obviously much further into the future, but maybe not as far as we're thinking, right? It's it's possible. I think it'll be a good idea and indication of what they plan to do with the Thursday night NFL games this year. I think that'll be real, you know, a real eye-opener of all the various things that they could do. You know, for one of these conferences – if they got in, could they do a NFL red zone type channel for the Big 12 conference or the Pac-12 conference? Um, alternate feeds, you know, Manning Manning cast feeds like ESPN did for Monday Night Football. Oh, There's yeah. a variety of things that they, you can do on a streaming service that you can't necessarily do on a linear broadcast or cable network. No, you've as, certainly got that right. Yeah. yeah, as far as the the what's the ultimate, I don't know, end game for streaming, Losing a $1.1 billion a quarter is certainly not a business plan that is sustainable forever. I, I told somebody, I said, that's, you know, one quarter, that's an entire year of Big Ten rights. 
Yes. So, <laughs> it's a lot of money. I think that you're going to have to have some consolidation at some point, uh, as with any business where there's significant losses. Uh, some sort of streaming bundle, maybe. I think you already see that now with, with the Disney Disney Plus, Hulu Plus, ESPN, ESPN. Plus. Yeah. Uh, I read somewhere that uh, Walmart Plus, which is their answer, I guess, to Prime, yep. uh, a, a subscription service, might offer all of those as part, all of those streamers as part of your Walmart subscription. So there's going to have to be some new models. I'm not, I'm not sure what it is, but I can tell you one thing that that those kind of losses, whether it be, you know, Netflix, Warner discovery, Peacock. The Warner discovery stuff is mind blowing. The, the $90 million Batgirl film just being completely shelved. And that comes off the heels of, you know, CNN plus $300 million down the drain for that one. It, yeah, it's 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 quite clear that the the guys from Discovery have an entirely different view of the streaming world than the the former uh, ATT Warner Brothers executives did. Oh, most certainly. <laughs> uh, let's let's move back over to some other conferences here. Now, with ESPN out of the running for the Big Ten, that leads us to the Pac-12 and the Big Twelve. Now, ESPN has ABC, ESPN, ESPN Two, ESPN U, ESPN Play, etc. Like they're going to need to fill content. Uh, what I want to know is this. Let's talk about you know time slots. How valuable is a late-night window? Because we've heard that the Pac-12 deal could likely hinge on a lot of late-night games. And with the Big 12, we could be looking at Thursday and Friday, you know, midweek games. I know BYU mm-hmm. is a valuable property for late-night windows. Now that they are in the Big 12, I think that's going to be a big deal. Uh, how big of a deal is that late-night window to ESPN or you know FS1 if they were to miss out on both of these conferences and kind of have no teams available for a 10.30 p.m. Eastern time slot game on Saturday. How much does that hurt those networks? If you're out, it it hurts marginally. I think for ESPN, it's probably more important than anybody for them to have that 10.30 Eastern window. And For a broadcast network, not so much, but certainly for ESPN and to a lesser extent, FSN1. We we used to put uh, the late night Pac-10 games on uh, or Pac-12 games on FS1. Very seldom were they actually on, as we call it, Big Fox, the broadcast network. I think uh, there is going to be some competition where in the past there really hasn't been. You know, certainly with USC and UCLA in the Pacific time zone, they'll play a game probably each, maybe two uh, in that 1030 Eastern window. Are you going to see USC versus Michigan or USC versus <laughs> Penn <not>. State? No, <laughs> but uh, USC, Purdue, USC, Indiana, possibly. Yeah. Um, you know, the big, uh, big 12 can play in that window now because with BYU, you can do uh, eight, eight local uh, kick and, and, and it fills the same window. I think that for ESPN, though, it's definitely the most important. For them, as you know, their West Coast viewers expect to turn on the game on the station anytime on a Saturday, and there better be a college football game on one of those ESPN or ABC channels. Oh, in Vegas, there there almost has to be something going on. Exactly at that I mean, this, point, the so. sports books die. If you yeah. Know. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? So, so we talked about the late night window. What is the most valuable college football time slot? Because in the past, that noon time slot wasn't really it didn't it was not viewed as having value, right? But Correct. Fox kind of changed that over and made it a prime spot. 
uh, the CBS 330 game has always been kind of looked at as a prime spot. They haven't had a ton of competition there. And then, of course, ABC always had that primetime spot. At, at this point, where are you going to get the most viewers? Is it Saturday afternoon before anybody goes out, or is it when they come back home for the primetime spot? And, you know, it, give me give me your thoughts on it. Well, my thoughts have always been that 3.30 Eastern was the, the, the primary window. Fox's whole rationale was uh, that they get a jump on everybody and hope hope to keep them all day. Uh, the with the pregame show, you know, you lead into that the the big noon game, and you hope it's it actually is a big game, um, and you, you do whatever you can to schedule in that manner. And Fox pays a lot of money with the Big Ten to be able to have that first pick. So you know, sometimes it might be a Big Twelve game. Uh, you know, it's like you can't get the Pac twelve guys kicked that early. So that's just you know, that's maybe the Arizona guys uh, when it's when they're on back on Mountain Time. But I think that. The, the prime window is definitely the least valuable, whether it's Eastern prime or Pacific prime, primarily because the, the hut levels or people using television at that time of day are just way down. I, I applaud NBC for trying to create a Sunday night football feel on Saturday night with college football. It's just a slightly different scenario in that on Sunday night, they have the, they're the only game and the hut levels are way, way higher than they are on Saturday night. And, so, and then on top of that, Saturday night, they're going to be against uh, a number of other games on either ESPN yep. or FS1. So it's uh, a slightly different different deal. I think for ESPN or for NBC, a lot of it had to do with finding something to tie to Notre Dame so that they have a some shoulder programming and that, that they can promote you know, cross promote between the Notre Dame game into the big 10 game. And sometimes you might, you know, I'm not sure that there wasn't some carve out for Notre Dame to be that primetime game on, on certain occasions. And maybe NBC doesn't have a game that week or has a game, a, a game on a different outlet like USA network or something like that. But that would make Notre sense. Dame, yeah. Notre Dame, it's, it's good. I think, you know, the AD at Notre Dame, uh, was quoted yesterday saying, you know, for people to talk about us outside of the Notre Dame games, that's a good, that's good for us. And he's absolutely right. I mean, you had those Notre Dame games, six, seven home games, just kind of floating around out there. You never know. There is no consistency to them. You know, since they're all home games, they don't play all six home games in a row. They play at different times. And so it's very important to have something to let your viewers know where you can find these things. Yeah, the casual fan never really knew exactly what time Notre Dame was going to be on. You had to go search for it, et cetera. You bring up Notre Dame. Now, the deal with NBC, they're looking to make $75 million off their media rights annually moving forward. Uh, that'd be a combination of the ACC rights, uh, their share of the college football playoff, which I want to hit with you here in just a minute, and, of course, their deal with NBC going forward. Now, I would have sworn that the Big Ten would be less likely to sign with NBC if they wanted to force Notre Dame to join a conference. Uh, but is it possible that the Big Ten NBC deal actually helps the chances of landing the Irish? I know that Jack Schwarbrick really seemed to like the idea of being paired with the Big Ten and yet still remaining independent. Uh, does this help or hurt the chances? I think what you know Jack wants is to be able to have his cake and eat it too. I think he, <laughs> wants, he wants the money and he wants the independence. And as long as he has that, Combined with a, a, you know, a clear and reasonable path to the football playoffs, he's going to probably stay independent. I think the worry for them ultimately is if these conferences get so big or bigger than they currently are, 
and he doesn't have the ability to get as many ga- good games because he's got to play nine or ten conference games, and he loses his ability to schedule non-conference with some top teams. That might chase him there. I think he's going to get the money. I think between you know NBC and Peacock and what they get from the ACC, I really think they're going to be fine and will get up. You know, they might not get to seventy-five million, but they're going to get darn close. I I think also you got to remember they they do very well in the college football playoff. Um, you know, <laughs> the only guy who gets <laughs> their own share. share. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're not dividing it by anything, and so um, you know that helps them every year. And I think based on what I read about the last uh, uh, scenarios they were talking about, Notre Dame would retain that you know that ability to participate and participate by themselves. And I think that, you know, Jack was on the committee. And so I, I certainly think that was something that he would have been pretty adamant about. Well, that is something, you know, Kevin Warren brought up. Uh, he's maybe softened on his stance regarding AQs in the playoff. And Greg Sankey, of course, has never really wanted AQs with it. Uh, that definitely opens a window for Notre Dame to have a path there. Uh, but we talked about, you know, the possibility of Notre Dame hitting the Big Ten. Let's hit on a little more realignment mess. Take me okay. into the mind of a network. I, I want to know the value of teams when a network looks at a media rights deal for certain conferences. Like, do they look at individual teams and place evaluation on them as to maybe how much they would be worth in different conferences, et cetera? Like, let's start off with let's start off with that one. In, in your opinion, is there anybody in the Pac-12 or the Big 12 currently that would add value to the Big Ten? Not to the extent that the current members should they give that school a full share would, would they would, they would take a reduction in their fees. So, I mean, you could bring Oregon or Washington or Stanford or Cal and are they, are they worth 75 million a year? No. Are they worth maybe 40 and would, would they take a smaller payout uh, to be in at 40 possibly those schools? And, you know, that's, that's happened in the past uh, Maryland and Rutgers in Nebraska, you know, they have, even in Nebraska. Yes. They had smaller shares to start. I think they're all full fledged members now. But so it's it's not unprecedented. But as a, a television guy, I mean, that's more of a network. You know, that's what a network looks at. You know, certainly they might ask. Or I mean, that's what a conference looks at. What what the network looks at is, you know, maybe the conference says, OK, we're looking at, you know, bringing a couple of schools in. How much more are you going to pay us? And yep. so at that point, then certainly the networks will look and see, you know, wh- what are the rivalries? What's the tradition? What's the brand? What's the TV market? You know, what can it do if we have a conference on channel? You know, can that help give us some lift to that anywhere? Um, that, those are the type of things they look at. But it, when you're when you're buying an entire package of rights, you don't really look at it school by school. You're really looking at it by, by the markets. You know, what's the TV audience size? What are the rivalries within the within the conference? You know, what kind of games can you make with other conferences uh, that you might have uh, television rights agreements with? And those are the types of things that the, the network really looks at. And, you know, past ratings, success, where they, you know, what the conference's expectations are versus where you might think they fit in in the pecking order of how other conferences are paid. Uh, there's a little bit of a, you know, a slotting system that goes on. Um, and it's important. And, you know, the networks, you know, that's their job. They, they do that. They've got research guys that do that day in and day out. You can pick up the phone and, you know, in two hours have a, a, you know, a deck with more numbers than you'd ever want to see <laughs> that tells you, you know, why you should go after this conference than that conference. And this is how much you should pay them. 
And that does make sense. That does mm-hmm. make sense. Uh, you you actually mentioned something uh, that reminded me. I do want to ask you about CBS here in a little bit with their prior deal with it, uh, the SEC. But we'll get to that here in a minute. Uh, let's check out some things you should know about. Follow the show on Twitter at Winning Cures. And you can follow Gary at Gary WCE. You can also follow on Facebook. Got your own podcast or web show? Looking to start one? Or you're just curious how we look and sound so good? Well, we've got all the gear that we use listed on our gear page on the website. If you order using our links, you'll be supporting the show, too. Subscribe on YouTube to get not only full Winning Cures Everything shows, but individual segments and other goodies as well. We're over 6,000 subscribers, and our goal by the end of the year is 7,500. If you're interested in advertising on a show that reaches over 80,000 unique football fans per month during the season, send an email to Gary at winningcureseverything.com, and we'll put together a plan that best fits you or your business. And now, back to the show. Uh, The Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the ACC famously formed a quote-unquote, I guess, alliance, whatever you want to call it, last year, to where they would vote together against an expanded playoff, among other things, and once we got quotes from conference media days, it kind of looked like they were voting against ESPN getting exclusive uh, negotiating rights to an expanded playoff. Now, right. let's talk about the playoff there. How valuable a property is a 12-team playoff now that we've seen what the Big Ten has done with multiple networks? I think it's extremely important, and I think that's one of the reasons the Big Ten went for multiple networks. You don't want to just have Fox and ESPN bidding on it. Um, you know, the only thing worse than that is just ESPN bidding on it. <laughs> and that's clearly why they didn't open up the deal now, because they, during the term of the agreement, the only one they can talk to is ESPN. And I think Kevin certainly realizes, based on his NFL experience, that you need to have, if you're going to go to a, a 12 or 16 team playoff, you need to have multiple, multiple parties at the table for two things. Number one, to get the games on. And number two, to have some sort of bidding competition uh, so that you know one guy is just not pulling all the plugs. Fox has wanted uh, expanded college football playoff for years. And we had the BCS um, in the 2000, mid 2000s, yeah, I like think late, it was. Late 2000s, right? Yeah. And yeah. it was kind of, for us, it was kind of a one and done because, you know, we wanted a bigger tournament. And well, it was a weird situation, right? Because it was, it, Fox wasn't fully invested into college football at that point. No, and yet, once nothing. you got to the postseason, <laughs> They were there, right? right. <laughs> so yeah. people would have they, to go and look for a, a channel that they were not used to watching. It was Fox had absolutely nothing. And that's why, you know, it was a, a hard sell job on our part to, to get the conferences to actually accept it. And I, I think the, you know, the relationships we had with the conferences as a result of the collegiate packages that we had for the cable networks was what, you know, they trusted us. So, and then, you know, they liked the money. We paid significantly more than ESPN had the first time around. And I think the conferences want, you know, we're looking for another bidder. And there wasn't one other than ABC. So, you know, the fact that we didn't continue with it was unfortunate, but we had hopes that it would continue and that it would, you know, get to a plus one type situation, things like that. And it, you know, it just wasn't there. And it didn't appear it was going to be there. So, you know, we just took the ball or took the cash and went home. Then again, you know, so then Fox starts getting involved with the, you know, collegiate football on a serious level. And and I think the conferences are happy with that. You know, there is only one reason why Fox is doing regular season college football, and that is they want a piece of the playoffs. And that's, you know, it's going to be an interesting negotiation. And, and the winners are going to be ultimately the conferences and the schools because 
you know, there's going to be some some serious bucks thrown around. It's going to look more like an NFL type playoff schedule, and you know, you probably alternate championship games with a couple, you know, couple of entities. Um, well, I think it's probably why NBC got involved and why CBS wants to stay involved with, absolutely. you know, having one of these big conferences with, you know, big time matchups so that people are used to watching it. And that way they can get a piece of the pie whenever, whenever it comes back around. Right. Uh, you brought up something that made me think about the CBS and SEC situation from back in the day, but I'll kind of tie it in with this. I'm interested in the ACC's situation currently. Now, Commissioner Jim Phillips talked about the uh, the issue with ESPN helping the ACC, like wanting to help them continue to be strong going forward, finding right. a way to maybe increase their media rights revenue going forward. Now, they just signed with a new company, and I forget the name, um, but they're Fish trying bait. to... Uh, what is it? Fishbait, I Fishbait. think. Fishbait. That's it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> now, we saw like discontent from the SEC when CBS refused to renegotiate the long-term deal that they had when the SEC expanded with Texas A&M and Missouri back right. in like the early 2010s. What are your thoughts on CBS not being willing to work, I guess, in good faith? I, I think that's what Sankey and Mike Slive called it back in the day. Um, and what incentive would ESPN have to renegotiate this kind of sweetheart deal that they've got with the ACC right now? Yeah, well, to the first question is CBS, I think um, – you know, CBS probably realized what a great deal they had, and they didn't want to do anything to, to upset it uh, at that point. You know, different networks take different approaches uh, as far as extensions. We were always pretty willing to go ahead and open a negotiation earlier, um, but we wanted something out of it. You know, the conference wants something, we wanted something too. So, you know, just to open it and say, okay, I'm going to pay you $100 million more a year, but I'm not going to extend the deal, that wouldn't have worked. Uh, for us, we would have said, okay, we need to come up with some extra value. If you want more money now, I need something down the road that's going to ensure that I'm getting my full value. So whether that's additional rights, whether it's additional years, whether it's a smaller annual, <clears throat> excuse me, increase year to year, there's a variety of things you can do to kind of tweak the deals so that everybody's happy. I'm not sure exactly why CBS didn't do that. I, I think now they're probably kicking themselves because they probably could have continued with that SEC 3:30 Eastern window, and <clears throat> for a lot less, you know, or at least I think 50 million dollars less is what I'm hearing than than what they ultimately are now paying the uh, Big Ten for a lesser pick. You know, they're probably going to alternate the second and third pick every week with NBC would be my guess. So, you know, it's. They, they, they rolled the dice and it didn't quite work out. For, for the ACC and ESPN, that's the situation that's tough. I mean, the deal runs through 2036. There is, uh, you know, they've already got a network. Is there a way they could monetize that network with some sort of combination of the Pac-12 networks and get some lift for the Pac-12 network, which is poorly distributed at this point? And if that would create enough money that could, you know, satisfy all three partners. That being the Pac-12, the ACC, and ESPN. That's that's one way. Is there a some sort of streaming element that that the ACC could create with ESPN above and beyond what they already have through the ACC network and ESPN Plus? That's possible. I think they're going to have to do something because they're going to fall behind here real quick. And, you know, the big, the SEC is going to come up again and the big 10 will probably come up again before the ACC ever expires. 
unfortunately, they have a pretty rock solid grant of rights. And but those, you know, if you get enough schools upset, they'll band together and they'll figure out a way to challenge that grant of rights. And it, it, they'll be suing not the ESPN; they'd be suing the conference because the grant of rights is between the conference and the school. And that was, uh, you know, I understand why John Swafford did that. You know, it was trying to hold everybody together in an era of, you know, shuffling chairs. And it's unfortunately, you know, it may come back to haunt them, but they did get their network and they've got a strong, you know, a long-term grant of rights. So everybody's kind of tied, but the flip side is they're going to start falling behind and the schools like Clemson, Florida state, Miami, you know, they're not going to like that at all. Oh no, um, no! And the ESPN, basketball I think schools. It, it would serve ESPN well to actually keep those brands strong. Um, Absolutely. But if you get into something like unequal revenue sharing, et cetera, uh, that's a slippery slope, right? It is, and 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 everyone's been down that slope before. Um, it used to be that way in the Pac-12, the Big 12, and you know, it was everybody was always calling us up, politicking to get an appearance so they'd get an extra check. And you know, it's 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 tough. It was a lot better when it went to you know complete equal revenue sharing. Uh, I can, I can see how potentially in the PAC 12, you know, schools like Oregon and Washington might say, okay, well now we're the big dogs and we want, you know, if we're going to be the one chosen the most and, and just, you know, perform the best, we want a bigger chunk of the pie. And, you know, is that, is an Oregon state or a Washington state or Arizona going to agree to that? Well, if they it's they're probably going to end up with more money than if Oregon and Washington leave and they all end up in the Mountain West Conference. So, you know, it's something they'll probably take a, a good hard look at. But it's it's one of those things that it's it's hard to um, it's it, it's really hard to maintain some level of collegiality. When you've got <laughs> you've got haves and have nots within, within your own conference. No, that definitely does make sense. Uh, yes. We'll close out with this. I've I've kept you for 35 minutes. Um, just a fun hypothetical. Now, I have said on this show for years now, I thought it might be smarter for all of these G5 conferences. You mentioned the Mountain West there, uh, but the AAC, the Sun Belt, CUSA, MAC, maybe some of these independent teams, for them to all try and bundle their rights together, right? Which would effectively get rid of conferences, I suppose. But I, I thought it could make them uh, make those contracts maybe incentive laden sell the rights on shorter contracts to multiple media networks, whoever that may be. I just feel like for the the smaller teams, because it does feel like we have basically two divisions inside of the FBS, I thought it would make more money for the smaller schools because you can get better non-conference matchups, better time slots, uh, prime conference matchups, whatever. It, I would imagine those would be worth more money. How realistic could something like that be? Now, every obviously, everybody or every conference wants their own deal, they they yeah. want the ability to add their own value, but to those schools, how much sense would it make, and is it even possible to do that? It, it's kind of like herding cats, I think. Um, <laughs> we 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 made uh, a couple of veiled efforts at trying to create something for the schools below the Power Five. Two things: number one, creating a kind of a super conference uh, that you know some guys have been on the outside looking in, but sort of kind of the best of the rest is how, how we termed it. And it you know it just it didn't work out. There was geography problems. There was you know people were, were tied to the conferences and the history, and so we just said okay, fine. But what you what you put forth is is something that if I'm if I'm 
Amazon Prime, if I'm Apple TV Plus, that's something that, you know, would be a get for them. You know, I think they could do that. And it, you know, take a ton of work and a ton of money. But if you start waving enough money in front of these conferences, you know, they're the type, they're going to go, okay, well, we're not getting that much distribution of our games already. So who cares if we're not getting distribution on Amazon Prime or Apple TV Plus? At least we got a lot of money. Yeah. And it's 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 what it's the MLS situation. What MLS did with Apple TV, and they took all these games that were on RSNs, games that were on their MSL, whatever their packages like Sunday Ticket, yep. um, and you know even the rights to the games that were on Fox and ESPN. Although I expect at some point there will be a game of the week type thing on Fox and ESPN, and they took all that over and put it on on Apple TV, and. You know, I don't know how many homes Apple TV has, but it's a heck of a lot less than than what ESPN and, and Fox were distributing those games to. But they got a big check. And at this point for them, the money is worth more than the exposure. And at some point it could be that way for the G5 schools, especially since they're not getting that much exposure anyway. Well, um, a lot of them are being relegated to ESPN Plus, et cetera, exactly. or, or these other channels. I, I brought this up because I – I looked back at that BYU and Coastal Carolina game back in 2020 that was kind of put together the week of, and it drew over a million viewers on ESPNU, which is not a prime network. Exactly. So something along those lines where those non-conference matchups is that now BYU obviously would be uh, one of the halves at this point, but those fun matchups where teams come up out of nowhere and you've got casual fans that really want to watch, but also the fans of these schools. Uh, fans of the schools absolutely yeah. i i think you know someone like amazon prime or apple tv plus could, could cobble that type of thing together with all the conferences and you know there's always issues with existing deals when they run out and you know yada 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 but i think at you know every once in a while you're going to catch lightning in a bottle and yep. it's going to make a, a big difference you know I, I i'll never forget the you know the very first game we had on the big 10 network was you know Appalachian State. State kicking a field goal at the end of the end of the day, end of the game to win? That was the very first game we had. I was like, going, "Thank you, Lord." Oh, it was perfect because all the cable providers started getting blown up. Hey, where oh, yeah. is it? Because I remember following the game and I could not find it anywhere down in Memphis. Right. So, right. and of course, we ended up getting uh, the Big Ten Network right. maybe a couple of weeks after. So. It'd be the same way for for Amazon Prime or, or Apple TV if they picked up, you know, were able to cobble that thing, that type of a situation together. Um, you're gonna, like I say, catch lightning in a bottle. But also for for those services, those streaming services, they gotta walk before they can run. You know, they're not, you know, Amazon. Yeah, they've got a Thursday night game. They're gonna they're with the NFL, and I know a bunch of the people who are over there working on it, and they're gonna do a very good job with it. And but I think. At this point, they have frustration because they're trying to bid on everything and they're not getting anything. You know, they've got some overseas soccer and some things, you know, for outside the U.S. where they distribute. But here they've got the the NFL game, and I think they want more than that. And I, but I'm not sure that other leagues and conferences and sports are quite ready to step up to that level. Um, but the G5s should and would want to, and oh, I yeah. think that's a that's something they could actually get. Uh, as opposed to, you know, swinging and missing. Well, it is, if you think about it, the business of colleges really is to get their name out. That's They call football for universities, the front porch of the university. If you're not on a linear network, 
it, it's kind of tough to get in front of a bunch of eyeballs. So it's it's a back and forth of, yeah, the money's really important, but we need to be in front of as many people as humanly possible to advertise our university. So, you know, going with the streaming route, I think the way that things have changed as far as sports media rights go, uh, I think it, it makes sense, maybe, uh, to, to go streaming now because you have to be able to keep up in some form or fashion. Uh, right. Otherwise... It, I mean, I, I told somebody the other day, I think it is almost as likely that Stanford and Cal over in the Pac-12 cease to play football as opposed to join the Big Ten. Like I just, That's there's, yeah, it's very possible because I think you know sooner or later, you know, if your football your football program funds the bulk of your other programs, um, you know, Stanford. Not to so much Cal, but Stanford, you know, they can afford to do whatever they want. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the only building you go to. It doesn't have a single ad in it. <laughs> type. But they they could, you know, with their endowment, they can do whatever they want. But I think you're right. I, I don't think, you know, if the Pac-12 implodes, I don't think you find a big, you know, I don't think you find Stanford or Cal at, in the Mountain West. I think they just shut it down. Oh, yeah. They shut football down. And, I agree. Yeah. So, you you know, I, but with the, the G5s, I think it's that's a – you know, it's kind of a super league makes a lot of sense. And, you know, hopefully someone over at Amazon Prime is going to watch this and, and says, gee, we got to take a look at that. And I wish them the best of luck because I didn't have any at it. <laughs> <laughs> we will uh, we will tag them in the comments for sure and see if, uh, see if something can get done. I'll go ahead and let you out of here. You have stayed long enough, and I certainly appreciate it. He is Bob Thompson. Bob, thank you so much for your time. Hopefully we can get you back on the show soon. My pleasure. Take care. Of course. Thank you. All right, we want to appreciate Bob for giving us the extra time. I mean, just incredible amounts of knowledge coming from him. Absolutely love it. Uh, I can't wait to hear what else he has to say as we go further along in realignment and more media contracts coming out, etc. But hopefully we will get him back on the show. All right, if you haven't already, do me a favor. Go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, We are rolling right along. You heard it in the ad. Of course, our goal is 7,500 by the end of football season. I'm hopeful we could hit that by the end of September if we keep rolling at the numbers that we're rolling at. So you guys have been wonderful, and I certainly appreciate it. We're going to keep this thing rolling. We are rapidly approaching the time when we will have three shows per week. That will be, uh, I guess, once we get into September. Uh, Really, uh, towards the end of August. So as soon as week zero is done, that Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, I will be rocking and rolling with quick reactions and recaps of all of the games. So, with that said, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. You guys have been fantastic. I certainly appreciate all of you. Share out the show. Tell your friends. Go check out the web store, etc. And with that said, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And hopefully, hopefully, all of you tickets cash this weekend. Thanks for listening to Winning Cures Everything. Make sure and subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. And make sure to leave a nice five-star review. You can follow Gary on Twitter, at GaryWCE. And the show is at Winning Cures. Be sure to check out the merch in our web store and share the show. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.